Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash petty revenge. Our next Reddit post is from PJ Expat. This is a very petty revenge story, but one I think you may enjoy. When I was a teenager, for about 8 months, I worked customer service at a shopping center type establishment. One of the parts of my job was issuing refunds for when vending machines didn't work. Basically, you put the money in the machine and it doesn't give you the product you paid for. We had a lot of vending machines, and you know those things don't always work right. All of our machines were numbered, and the policy was to ask for the number of the machine and then issue whatever refund they claimed it was. And considering that the majority of the refunds were for 50 cents or $1, management basically told us, Look, just side with the customer. It's not worth the hassle. Well, one day I'm working when a Karen comes up. And she said that the Coke machine took her money and didn't give her the Coke she paid for. I asked her how much money the machine took, and she told me 50 cents. I then asked her what was the machine number. Now, at this point, I fully expected her to not know. In fact, very rarely would a customer know. In cases like that, the normal practice would be to ask them where the machine was located, and we'd fill in the rest ourselves. We wanted to know which machine caused the issue so we could send someone to fix it. Well, instead of saying, I don't know, she freaked out and started yelling. She accused me of being a sexist, a racist. I'm white, she was Hispanic. She accused me of calling her a liar. She told me I was a piece of garbage for not listening to her. She made a huge scene. She said I was just an angry man because I was stuck at a dead-end job. Actually, as a customer service rep, I was making 12 bucks an hour, and this was back in 2017. It was one of the highest-paid non-management jobs in the store, and I was still in high school. So I calmly waited for her to finish her rant and said, Miss, I'm sorry, but for every refund I do for a vending machine, I need the number of the machine to issue a refund. You'll need to go back to the machine and get me the number. It'll be on the front in the upper right hand corner. You can't miss it. She protested, I'm tired and it's on the other side of the store. Can't you just give me 50 cents? I said, sorry, miss, my hands are tied. So then she called me a butthole and stormed off. Ten minutes later, she returned, and the machine number was written on her hand. I smiled, pulled out the paper, and took my sweet time filling in the report. Normally, I would wait until after the customer left, but I really wanted to add the solid minute it would take to fill in the paperwork before I gave her the 50 cents. After everything was said and done, I asked her to read my report and sign where it says customer signature, which FYI we never did, but she was special. She took a second to read the report, signed it, and I gave her the 50 cent refund and wished her well. I then proudly walked into the back office where my supervisor was and handed him the report. And he laughed his butt off and said, That was the lady that was screaming, wasn't it? I said yes, and he said, And you made her walk to the machine, didn't you? I said yes, and he said, And you made her sign the refund slip? And I said yes, and he said, Good man. Our next Reddit post is from Long Live Misanthrope. I think this is the most petty I've ever been, and no need to ask if I was the butthole, because I totally was. But it tickled me and a few others. This happened a few weeks back, and it still makes my friends and I laugh about it. I do deliveries around our town, and as such, I need gas to do so. There's one gas station I hit up every morning before work because the gas is cheapest. It's on my route to work, and it has a better selection of breakfast snacks and drinks than the others around it. Since I've been stopping off there a minimum of three times a week for the last six years, I've gotten to know the owner and a few of the longtime staff there. They're all good people and treat me nicer than normal employees do, so I try to treat them with as much respect as I possibly can. 
One morning while I'm filling up, one of the female employees, Rachel, was standing idly by one of the pumps. She has a few mental problems, but is one of the nicest people I know. So while my gas is being filled, I strike up a conversation. She tells me she ain't doing so hot because she's supposed to take out the trash from the outside bins and put it in the dumpster on the side of the building. The way the building is designed, there's only one way to get to the dumpster to put anything in it, and that way is clearly marked with signs and paint that says, Do not park here or block the dumpster. I look over, and there's a caravan of about five minivans parked in the area. Most were in legit parking spaces, but the biggest one with a massive roof rack was parked awkwardly in front of the dumpster, completely blocking it off. I asked Rachel if she had asked them to move, and she said they would move when they were done, and that was over 30 minutes ago. I feel for Rachel and her sad face at that time, so I tell her I'll make it up to her. After putting the nozzle back and getting my car ready, I drove over to where the van was parked and parked my car in the first open parking spot behind it, effectively completely blocking it in. I get out of my car and walk about five steps away when a screeching Karen pokes her head out of the front window of the van. Hey, can you move your car? I'm parked here. Oh, but that's not a parking spot. Well, yeah, that's why I'm trying to get out of it. Okay, but hold on. I'll just be a minute. I proceed to walk inside the store to get my morning meal as I hear Karen screaming for me to come back. After I enter the store, I notice the place is overrun with families buying travel snacks. They're all milling about, but a few are looking out the window saying, I wonder what Karen is yelling about. They are clearly all in her caravan. By the time I grab my food and drink and make it to the checkout line, she stormed her way in and is trying to tell me to move my car now. I tell her, I can't leave, that would be stealing. So I'm going to buy my stuff and leave. She huffs at this and notices everyone in front of her is a member of her traveling party. So she just glares at me the whole time. I finally make it to the front after like 10 minutes and go, Oh wait, shoot, this isn't what I wanted. I'll go put it back and grab what I really want. Luckily, I was still very early for getting to work, so I was milking it for all it was worth. Karen is fuming. When I make it back to the line, someone else is getting in line in front of me and Karen is trying to tell him to move so I can go first. The owner, Jess, tells her that she isn't allowed to talk to customers that way and one more burst from her and she'll kick her out of the store. Karen mutters to herself but is silent. I go up to check out, moving and talking as slow as I can and ask for a lottery ticket as well. After paying, since <laughs> after paying since no one is behind me, I scratch it off, and what do you know, I want a free ticket. So I buy another one and proceed to scratch it off. Karen, to that point, had been mildly tolerable, but then she let out this unholy screech and told me to stop wasting her time, to which Jess told her to leave. Karen started to refuse, and Jess picked up her phone threatening to call the cops. Karen was swift to leave at this point, now yelling at her caravan as to why they now have to wait. I thank Jess for all that she's done so far and explain what was going on, still really slowly. She laughs and tells me how much she hates people who park there. They get defensive when you tell them that they can't park there, but this is the first time anyone's ever gotten their comeuppance over it. I left and saw Rachel standing near my vehicle, doing her best not to laugh. I load up my car and asked if everything's better, and she nods enthusiastically. I move my car to the other side of the lot and watch them all leave one by one, but not before Karen pulled out in front of someone and almost wrecked. Our next Reddit post is from some Allen guy. A little background. My current place is a fairly new build, back to some woods, and was empty for a bit before we moved in. 
My neighbor has a corner lot that also has its back to the woods, but it's a bit of an odd shape since the woods are considered protected green space. Because of the situation, they would use maybe a third of my backyard when they did outdoor activities like volleyball, badminton, etc. None of this bothered me because their kids are really nice and respectful. Fast forward a couple of years and I'm having the backyard renovated. Well, the neighbor apparently had an issue with this because he kept bothering the crew during construction, telling them what they could and couldn't do, saying they were too loud or doing things wrong, and claiming that I had asked him to oversee the crew. Spoiler, I did not. Eventually, the head contractor has had enough and complains to me about the micromanagement. I go talk to the neighbor and he's acting like he's doing me a huge favor by keeping them in line, but agrees to back off. And he does, for about two days. I get an alert on my rain camera on one of the days that my crew was off, and there was my neighbor on my patio, picking up, inspecting, and throwing down some papers that had already been laid. I tell him to kindly get the F off my property, and he proceeds to flip me off and walk back to his place. Time for the petty revenge. When we first moved in, I had a whole house natural gas generator put in because power outages are common when thunderstorms roll in. The thing is, they're loud when they turn on, and since we were doing the renovation, I planned on putting a living fence in across from the generator to mute some of the sound that would travel to my neighbor's place. Well, I talked to the head contractor, and we happily agreed to shift the trees from the generator down to the woods and essentially cut off his property from my property. The neighbor was not happy about that move and called the city surveyor to dispute the property line. But my contractor had made sure they were fully on my property with about 8 inches to spare to account for tree growth. The end result, the neighbor is pissed but powerless. I have some nice trees to look at in the backyard and there's nothing to stop the symphony of my generator when it kicks in every week to do a status check. OP, this neighbor's already gone to your property and tried to meddle several times before, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. If I were you, I would invest in some security cameras for your natural gas generator and your trees. If you get lucky, your douchebag neighbor will cut down your trees and that investment will more than pay off. Our next Reddit post is from VoteDog. I've suffered from chronic migraines since I was a kid. Something important for every migraine sufferer to know are their triggers. Triggers are things in your life that are most likely to start a migraine. For some it may be extreme heat, for others it's stress, and for me it's salt. I can't have a lot, and if I do, a migraine will start almost right away. Due to this, I can only have Chinese food every once in a while and I have to be very careful to read labels for sodium content. Migraines hurt like a mofo, but they can also send me to the emergency room, which is expensive. My ex-mother-in-law, I'll call her Karen, loved to cook and added too much salt to everything. It didn't take me too long to notice that right after eating a meal prepared by her, my head would start beating like a drum. We had dinner with them every Sunday, so my ex went to Karen, explained my situation, and asked her to tone down the salt. Karen was not happy. She thought that changing the ingredients of her food would alter the taste too much. She agreed to cut back, but the very next time we had dinner with them, I went home feeling like my head was going to explode, and I knew she hadn't. My wife asked her about it later, and Karen said she'd originally cut the salt, but after tasting it, she decided it wasn't flavorful enough and added it back in. She told my wife she wouldn't sacrifice flavor for me, so that's the last time we had Sunday dinner there. Months later, we had to go there for a birthday party. We arrived early, hours from dinner, so Karen hadn't yet started cooking. I was in the kitchen getting a beverage, and I saw her precious salt shaker sitting on the counter. 
I picked it up, went to the pantry, and hid it behind some boxes of cereal. When I was in there, I found the salt refill container, grabbed that, and hid it too. Hours later, Karen is cooking, and we hear a commotion. She's upset she can't find her salt shaker. She goes into the pantry, complaining that she also can't find the large salt container either. My wife and I were sitting outside, acting like nothing was out of the ordinary. She ended up cooking all the dishes without salt and complained the whole time about how terrible everything tasted. Karen was in a very bad mood as everyone dished up. It wasn't long before they started complimenting her on the food. People were saying it was some of the best she'd ever made. And from her face, you could see she was shocked to hear that. Several people said to her, This is great! Did you tone down the salt? You use a lot, you know. This tastes like you used the perfect amount. To which Karen hissed, It has no salt because I can't find my shakers. Nobody else was bothered by this. They just nodded and agreed that it was amazing. The more they complimented her, the more upset she got. For some reason, she never thought to ask anyone if they had purposely hidden the salt. We ate and then got up to leave not long afterwards. On our way out, we went by the kitchen to take some leftovers home. While there, I pulled the salt shaker and container out, put them in our bag, took them home, and trashed them. It was the first time I'd eaten a meal with that family and not gone home with a migraine. On this channel, we all prefer our Karens extra salty. Our next Reddit post is from Ansley Star. Back around 2000 and 2002, my dad and a friend of his started a company. They put in the grueling and overwhelming amount of work necessary for it to have grown exponentially over the last 20 years. A couple of years ago, they had an opening for a technical editor and my dad offered me the position. I would just like to say that I'm so unbelievably grateful for this and I always will be. And I'm very mindful of the fact that I have to tread lightly sometimes. Every year during the holiday season, like most businesses, they throw a holiday party. They have several around the country, so every office has one, but the main one is where corporate is headquartered. The first year I attended the party, nobody knew who I was. I tend not to share who I'm related to, for obvious reasons, unless somebody asks. It's not a secret by any means, but it's not something I shout from the rooftops. Anyways, the bar opened an hour before the party technically started, and since it's an open bar, a few people were already quite a few drinks in. I went up to get a drink and somebody whom I've never met introduced himself to me in a pretty rude and arrogant way. As in, you probably already know who I am, but if you don't, you should. I'm Holden. He was clearly pretty drunk, but it's a party and I didn't blame him. I shook his hand and tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop talking about how important he was to the company. I smiled and nodded and owed and awed for quite a while, even as he spilled his drinks on me from gesturing wildly. Eventually, he told me, I'm also really close with the company president. This interested me quite a bit because that was my dad and I had literally never heard this person's name. Not a problem though because I didn't know all of his friends, but this dude kept going and here's how the conversation went. Yeah, you could pretty much call us family friends. Really? You know his family? Oh yeah, of course. We've all gotten together a few times. His kids love me. Wow, that's pretty cool. I wasn't planning on saying anything because he was drunk and it didn't really matter to me. However, he then turns around and says, Okay, well, I have more interesting people to talk to now, and walked away. I was livid. 
First of all, you spilled your horrible dirty martinis all over me so I smell like olives. You were kind of a dick from the get-go, you waste 30 minutes bragging about yourself, and then you tell me I'm uninteresting? So I waited until the perfect moment when the party had started to taper off a bit. Our homeboy Holden was still there, even more drunk than he was before. He eventually made his way over to my dad and mom, chatting them up and whatnot. I sidle over to the group and he gives me the stink eye, probably thinking I'm trying to cozy up to them too. The look of horror on his face when my dad hugs me and kisses me on the cheek and says, Hey honey, your brother's coming to pick us up. Do you need a ride? Was indescribable. It was a combination of, I think I just messed my pants. And, I'm gonna yeet myself out of this window immediately. It it was genuinely one of the best small revenges of my life. In case anybody wonders, him and I laugh about the incident now and it's not a big deal. It's a funny story that I like to tell. I also would like to say that I hope I don't come across as entitled or bratty. Like I said, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that was handed to me and I work very hard to prove my worth. That was r slash petty revenge, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra podcasts. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit episodes every single day.